Hi, this is Leah. I hope you enjoy these 15 minutes of Leah, Nathan, and Martha. Now on show, I'll be playing um, Luigi Baccarini's Minuet. Here it goes. I'm going to read some of the jokes that made my mom laugh the most. The first one is, why is sand wet? I don't know. The seaweed. <laughs> why does a man on the moon cut his hair? Or how? I don't know. Eclipse it. Why did the man pour ground beef over his head? I don't know. He wanted to have a meteor shower. <laughs> What did the psychiatrist say when he saw that his patient walk into his office wearing saran wrap? I don't know. I clearly see your nuts. <laughs> Why do my milking schools, stools have only three legs? I don't know. The cow has udder. <laughs> what did the selfish, selfish mouse say when the other mouse asked for its cheese? I don't know. Nacho cheese. <laughs> What's the difference between a watchmaker and a jailkeeper? One watches cells and the other sells watches. What is the difference between a flea and a wolf? I don't know. One howls on the prairie and the other prowls on the hairy. (laughs) Hi, it's Leah, and I want to read to you my essay that I wrote for um, a competition for an organization called the Washington Association of Chinese Education. And the prompt was, how does China influence you? So I'm just going to read it, and I hope you like it. 
My life in Washington seemed on a normal path until my father announced that his company was transferring him, and us, to Beijing from 2009 to 2012. Those three years living in downtown Beijing and traveling all around China were an eye-opening experience that will forever influence my life. You'll have a great experience, everyone told me before I left. Looking back, I know they were right. Family photos show me biking through Beijing or in the countryside, visiting the Great Wall countless times, riding a camel in the Xinjiang Desert, visiting with locals in Guizhou villages. But aside from the experiences, my biggest takeaway was trying to look at life through the perspective of the Chinese people. It was fascinating to begin to understand how they communicate and how they are impacted by their own set of family and national values. It started when I stepped off the plane for the first time and I realized that I was completely illiterate. Being unable to write read signs, let alone have a conversation, made me realize how I had taken English, and communication in general, for granted. I used to not think twice about how to interact because people always understood me. In China, I had to really focus on reading people's meaning through their gestures and approach to me. As I learned more and more conversational Chinese, answering questions or bargaining didn't seem as daunting, even if I had to work around missing vocab by sometimes acting out what I meant. Having faced this challenge, I find I now have more confidence speaking with other people and how to be clear in what I need or want. Conversations are not just words, but also reading people's moods and actions. Communication is not just translation, I discovered. It's also about understanding people's perspectives, which form the basis for their ideas. We differ as individuals, but I can see cultural differences between the U.S. and China. A lot of China's perspectives are influenced by its history, from its different dynasties and the start of New China, to the impact of Confucius. I admire how the Chinese honor their elder relatives and ancestors, and that people value their place in families. That can be a good thing for Americans who move around a lot, far from their families, but I can see how Chinese also may see the rigid hierarchy of relationship priorities as too limiting in the fluid modern world. I see how China places a high value on having a harmonious society, which values the good of the majority. This value is in contrast with the utmost value Americans place on individuals and their pursuit of happiness, like in the Bill of Rights. No wonder there are so many disputes over what the individual human rights are. If policymakers and people in our two countries really understand what these two different sets of values are, then they can work on the gap, rather than just slamming each other with accusations. Finally, being in China really taught me the meaning of opportunity. The Chinese I saw had an incredible initiative and were always starting something new, doing something to get ahead or to make life better. Makeshift shops, on the back of bikes or on blankets on the sidewalk, were everywhere. Shops would be open one day and replace the next. People when faced with an obstacle would always try to find a way around it. They really knew how to seize opportunities, and in a fast-changing and growing Beijing, opportunities were everywhere. Speaking English made it easy to add value. Even as a 14-year-old, I realized I can contribute. I designed logos and recorded English vocabulary for a Chinese expat service company. On my own, I became the -the on-the-street entrepreneur and sold cookies, something no other Chinese was selling. Now back in the U.S., I realize how China has influenced me beyond just the tourist experiences. Communication is more than conversation, but understanding people's perspectives, personal and cultural, and reading signs from their body language instead of just listening to their words. When we as a country look at opportunities and sometimes differences with China, we should understand at a deeper level where both sides come from instead of only looking from our perspective. My experiences have definitely made me more interested in studying international relations and possibly a career working with our two countries. Lastly, 
Even though opportunities may be harder to find in America, the Chinese people's opportunistic mindsets have also inspired me to seize any opportunities or even make my own. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, um, I really like Harry Potter, and I can't get enough of it, so on piano I do Harry Potter too. So here's Hedwig's theme song from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which is really famous by John Williams, best composer of all time, according to me. Here's some more jokes. Did you know that my mom forgets them right after she hears them? So I can tell them to her over and over? So, what did the traffic light say to the car? I don't know. Don't look. I'm changing. <laughs> How did Darth Vader know what Luke was going to give him for Christmas? I don't know. He felt his presence. <laughs> what, did you get when, what do you get when you eat a duck? I don't know. Foul breath. So a daughter was talking to her dad. She said, I need some big headlines for current events this week. And the dad said, you should sleep with a corduroy pillow. What is green and sour and lives at an aquarium? I don't know. A trop pickle fish. <laughs> what does a clock do when it's hungry? I don't know. It goes back for seconds. Where was the Declaration of Independence signed? I don't know. At the bottom. Doctor, doctor, I just broke my arm in two places. And then the doctor says, definitely don't go to those two places again. <laughs> Hi, this is Leah, and I'm going to play a song called Musetta's Song, and I hope you enjoy it. Thank mm -hmm. you. 